Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers, when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, all you got to do is bet $5 on any college team to win, and you're going to get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. That's with promo code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today, as he does each and every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sportsnet, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast, it's Drew Goodman. How you doing this week, buddy? Good, doing well, doing well, doing well. Long, uh, long road trip of which uh, we're right in the smack in the middle, I guess. Right. That's it. Is the, has the humidity been? Uh, this has been the humidity tour with New York, Atlanta, Cincinnati. Has it been okay? I haven't heard too many yeah. people complaining. No, no it's it hasn't been bad. I, I thought New oh, York okay. was beautiful. Um, you know, we always talk about running. You and I both like to run. Um, yeah, you you sweat a lot. I ring out my. Uh, <laughs> ring out my gear after and hang it up but um it wasn't it wasn't brutal believe me not not even close in fact even atlanta's been nice i just got back a little while ago it's it's been good that's a blessing yeah it's uh... in fact last night during the game um it was because there were some late afternoon showers and it was 73 degrees at game time it was Wow. At one point, I even contemplated putting on a, you know, an over, not an overcoat, you know what I mean? Like a (laughs) a pullover kind of thing. So no, it hadn't been bad. That's pretty good. I I like hearing that. It's fortunate weather, fortunate play by the Rockies. They've won two in a row against Max Scherzer, Max Fried. Safe to say, I I don't think we need uh, our buddy Doug Marino to jump in here. And I don't need to use the internet. First time the Rockies have ever won back-to-back games against two guys named Max, who will also probably get votes for the NL Cy Young Award this year. Safe to say that's that's a that's a true. Yeah, I, I mean, I hadn't really put together the Maxes. I wasn't <laughs> focused on that, but more importantly, two one-run games against two guys, as you suggest, are going to receive Cy Young votes. Two guys who've been um, outstanding this year. So yeah. Good wins. And, and forget just the fact that they were able to win one-run games, low-scoring games, as you'd expect with a Scherzer and a Freed on the mound, uh, but against two of the best teams in baseball. You know, they had to shut down, you know, the Mets offense. They had to sh- and, and Herman was terrific the other day. And then they had to shut down an Atlanta Braves offense, which is terrific. Um, and Arania, and the way the thing started, you thought it was going to be pretty ugly again, and it wasn't. And then the bullpen, four innings to shut out baseball, just one hit allowed. So, yeah, it's amazing. When you pitch well, you have a real good chance at winning. Isn't that a novel concept? That's, that's very true, especially on the road, too, where uh, a couple of runs is might be all you get, but it could be enough. Yeah, so so much to break down, it feels like, from – uh, these these two victories and contributions coming from all over the place. I mean, you got two innings out of uh, Justin Lawrence last night, which he's been uh, a really great surprise. Your guest on last week's Drew Goodman podcast, Carlos Estevez, now see sees his ERA down in the mid threes after uh, a lot of really good outings. He stepped in there as that eighth inning guy with Colome on the IL. He's now back, but Estevez has been big. As you pointed out, the bullpen was really, really good last night in those final four frames. They were, and, and everything for me, or, or I don't want to say everything, but a good portion of, of how I view things, and I think how you view things too, is, okay, how are the Rockies going to get better? Who is going to be a participant 
in the Rockies increasing significantly significantly their win total in the not too distant future. I mean, this year is this year. It's done. So they're going to play another 32 games or whatever it is that's left. And it doesn't matter in, in the grand scheme of it. It's going to be a bad year. The Rockies are going to you know finish with a bad record. We know all those things. But who's part of the solution? Well, Justin Lawrence is a guy with really good stuff and is now being pushed into, and, and some by performance and also some by the you know attrition, is being pushed into a situation where he's asked to protect some leads. The stuff, as I said, really good. I'll share with you a story I may have already uh, uh, passed along. I can't remember if it was your podcast or mine. Uh, that Dave Roberts had told me, he said he had asked me about Justin Lawrence. He said, guys in our dugout hate when he comes in. So what's that tell you? The, the vaunted Dodgers don't like seeing Lawrence, which means the stuff, again, is really good. And so last night we saw him for two innings and and two really good innings, two really strong innings. So that's a positive because you look forward and you go, okay, he can be part of protecting leads uh, you know, down the road going forward. So that's one of the things I took away from last night. And and protect those leads for many, many years to come. Still has a long way until free agency. Yeah. He's I, almost yeah, low-key. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, real quick, Patrick, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I go year to year with relievers. I don't sure. I don't start to look, you know, he's not Mike Trout. He's not the Mike Trout of relievers. I hope you're right, dude. I hope <laughs> I hope you're right. Yeah, he's controllable for a long time, but we know relievers. How many of them? Are truly remain, you know, forget elite, remain really good, for, you know, year after year after year. The old line about relievers, good yet one year, not so good the next year, good the next year. So right now, next year, you could see where he could be a, a nice piece, uh, you know, in the seventh or eighth inning, uh, potentially. Yeah. I ain't going beyond that. And it's not a knock on, on Justin Lawrence. Great right. kid, good stuff, all those things. But, I mean, to, to suggest – Three, four, five years ago, that from now he's you know he's your closer. Maybe I don't know, but I take small steps with relievers. It's true. Yeah, I just wrote about a conversation with Adam Adovino and and how he's had this very very long career. A guy who started out in the bullpen for the Rockies, but then to your point, Philip Deal, who's now at the Mets, but Philip Deal, hey, looked good there for a minute, but it's it's really hard. You you can't have that same trajectory like you said with so many position players, but. Lawrence is one of those young players that could be here with the Rockies going on down the line. And so thus we transition to kind of the next generation of Rockies superstars and Rockies players who are going to contribute to the team. And we saw that last night in the major league debut of Michael Tolia. Did you get a chance to talk with him a little bit before the game? See that glint in his eye. He, I mean, he's a big kid, so he doesn't look like a child there, but he did have this childish look on his face of like, Oh gosh, my boyhood dreams are coming true. Well, he, I, I did talk to him in the clubhouse for a while um, before the game. I didn't want to spend a ton of time. I mean, he's, preparing and he's I've talked to him before as I know you have Patrick and he's a really nice young man he really is and and I think your description is apt he not quite baby face but it's a young face on a giant you know young man I mean he's 6'5 and 240 pounds and nimble moves well around the bag runs better than you think you know he stole some bases in the minor leagues this year uh, you know, he was he was ecstatic as he as he should be. 
And I love when a player makes his debut and we get to shoot, you know, mom and dad and, you know, brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and coaches. And, you know, we had one recently, which, which was fabulous with Winton Bernard and, you know, earlier in the year, Sean Bouchard came up. It's great to see Bouchard get his first big league hit, especially after getting robbed in the in his first at bat uh, by Grissom, by Vaughn Grissom. But uh, yeah, I mean, seeing Michael Tolia, and it has a little more potential cachet in that he's one of their top prospects. He's a former number one pick, and. He's expected to get to the big leagues and he's expected to do well. And it may be unfair to say, well, let's see him do well immediately from Jump Street. But he's a guy. I mean, guys get called up. I mean, Winton Bernard is a beautiful story, a wonderful story. And what I'm about to say is not to take anything away from his story. But at 31, almost 32, he's not looked upon by the Rockies as a prospect, as somebody that is going to be, you know, part of the solution. Now, if he can continue to grow and somehow be, you know, a, a piece, a complimentary piece, awesome. I hope that for him. I love that kid, man. I've gotten to know him over the last few weeks. You can't do anything but root for him. But Michael Tolia, Patrick, he's supposed to be a guy. He's supposed to be a guy that plays every day and hits, you know, somewhere in the middle of your order. And yesterday was day one of what you hope is a, is a long and fruitful career. So, and, and I know you've seen him before Tuesday night in Atlanta, but do you get Jim Tomei vibes? Like just with the size, the way he hits when he's up from the left side, I feel like there's some body comp. I don't necessarily think Tolio is going to be hitting 500 home runs. I think he's That's a little more not, nimble than not, Tomei, but otherwise I'm seeing some comparisons. Okay. You're beautiful, man. I love you. Um, <laughs> I hope he has half the career that Jim Tomey had because Tomey hit 600 homers, didn't he? He did. Right? 600 and some odd, which means he'd hit 300 homers. If you and I are, are, are doing this podcast, you know, 15 years from now, and remember that conversation you and I had? Tomey, he just hit his 300th last night. Isn't that cool? Switch hitting first baseman, hit 300 homers. And he's got three gold gloves in his career. I mean, that'd be awesome. That would be one hell of a career. So that's why I was shaking my head. You know, Jim told me he's a big, he's a big, strong guy. He, you know, he hits from both sides of the plate. So, you know, you, you, you gravitate toward, you know, big guys that, that switch hit. I know, you know, Mark Teixeira's name came up last night. This this kid's been a big leaguer for ten minutes. No, he ain't even been. He's been big leaguer for eight seconds. Let's let's let him develop, hopefully, and and um, and see what happens as as this thing uh, unfolds. But he's a, he's a really he's a really nice young man who's who's got gifts. He's he's got power on both sides. You know, you look at his minor league numbers, Patrick. You know, even this year in in the Eastern League, which is not an easy league at all, um, you know, he hit he hit in the two thirties, hit homers, twenty three homers. So he got elevated to Albuquerque. Albuquerque, little you know, s- small snippet, good place to hit. He went off seven home runs, seventeen ribbies in, in seventeen games, hit three thirty three. Awesome, got the call up, tremendous. Now you're facing the best 
pitching in the world. So let, let's just let this thing, uh, you know, take its natural course day to day. Yeah, he talked a little bit post game about you know some of the off speed pitches he saw. I think first pitch was you know curveball from Freed, and it was like, ooh, okay, yep, we're in the majors here, but still stay within yourself. You know, this is still the same game uh, that I've been playing you know my entire life. And so you're right, yes, you can't expect him to go out and uh, and be a future Hall of Famer like a Jim Tomey immediately. I mean, think back to Ryan Feltner last year. Obviously, got called up in September for a couple starts, kind of get his feet wet a little bit. We're seeing him make some uh, growth this year in the majors. Uh, totally, maybe maybe that growth comes a little bit quicker, but still, it is a process to eventually become that that finished product uh, that he very well could become. And, and as we said, really get the train moving here with these prospects that are going to be coming up and uh, could be a, just a real perfect confluence of the veterans, the McMahon, the Bryant, you know, Charlie Blackman for another year, but the pitchers and Freeland and Senzatella that are going to be around going forward. And these young guys, it, it could be, uh, it, it has a lot of Rockies fans excited for what the future could possibly hold. The future's not here yet, but you know what? It, it's starting to show up and totally, I think is that first domino, which is, has been exciting. I, I I agree with you, and and uh, you know I wish, and sort of the Rockies, uh, most notably, wish that uh, Ezekiel Tovar, you know, didn't get hurt and has been rehabbing for a couple of months because they'd hoped that he, you know, would would be here right now. And and I was reading a piece in USA Today about I think it's Corbin Carroll, one of the top prospects in all of baseball, who was just brought up uh, by Arizona, got a double in his in his first big league game, and when you're um, a, a team that's playing out the string as the Arizona Diamondbacks are, as the Colorado Rockies are, you want to be able to, the, the ardent fans want to be able to hang their hat on something and, and get a glimpse into what will help turn them around. So Arizona, you know, has some young players that they've been playing quite a bit, quite a few young players. Now the Rockies are starting to, you know, filter in the Tolia. We'll see if Tovar, you know, it's healthy enough to arrive and, and, and get a cup of uh, coffee this year in September. Uh, but yeah, that those are the things that get me excited. Uh, the position player um, area, the Rockies have some guys, you know, that are going to be here, you know, a little bit this year, as we talked about next year and, and, and in the following year that potentially really get you excited. The other piece and the most important piece is pitching, and that lags behind, um, and you win with pitching. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it continues to unfold. But to your original point, yeah, when Atolia comes up, man, I'm, I'm excited. I, I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, it's great that the Rockies are getting on the on the prospect season hype here because, as you said, Corbin Carroll, those five RBI in his first uh, two games. Arizona, the third place. Arizona Diamondbacks. Now you got the Orioles there uh, only a couple games out of the wild card or six games over 500. They just announced on Wednesday, one of their top prospects, in fact, top prospect, 21 year old shortstop Gunnar Henderson, Henderson's coming up. So um, it, it's great, you know, it, it, to see these young guys coming up, the Rockies getting in the mix on that. Now I, I got a question for you. I want you to think about it here for a second with totally in the lineup. Bouchard there hitting behind him. Jake Bird was warming up at one point. I think when Estevez got into a bit of a jam, we could have seen three players from UCLA who did actually play together. But can you remember a time in which you had at least two homegrown guys from the same college, probably not high school, but it would probably be, you know, a university that they went to um, for the Rockies together 
at the same time. And while you think of that, think about how great the DNVR bar is going to be. We're opening back up on September 9th. We're going to have the big, the big bash opening back up just in time for Broncos. You know, with a membership, only 50 cents for your first month, you get discounts and price breaks on the tailgates. You get that member size beer and your annual membership gets you a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Breckenridge Brewery, they're doing some great things as well because they've got a birthday coming up. It's 32 years for Breckenridge Brewery. Can you believe it? Celebrate with a weekend long hoot nanny, kick off the fall with live music, food, beer, of course. October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like Spin Doctors and local favorites, Railroad Earth, rocking out. So stay tuned to everything DNVR for Hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Check out the events.seated.com backslash Hootenanny22 for more details on tickets and artists lineup. Again, events.seated.com slash Hootenanny22. Link is in the description. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the wait is almost over. Football season is about to begin. NFL Week 1 action starts with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Celebrate the return of football. DraftKings is giving you and new customers a can't-miss offer. You bet $5 on any game. You get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action for opening night? Well, everyone, you can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up 7 that's right. Seven-point lead. You win. That, that's all you need to do. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team gets a lead by seven points, at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Two bears on the field last night. Can you recall something like that before for the Rockies? Two uh say it again how unique two two bruins you had two, uh, two, two bruins. UCLA bruins um it's a good trivia question huh well just with what with just one school yeah that's pretty rare i mean i don't think anyone else from tennessee with todd helton right you're well there's been some long beach guys but never overlapping you know hampson's a long beach guy tulowitzki famously a long beach state guy you know probably you'd have to find one of those bullpen guys that was with the Rockies for a few months or maybe a year. And you forgot that they went to, you know, a school that one of the position players had gone to, you know, Pat Vileka and Garrett Atkins were both UCLA guys. They didn't overlap, you know, I'm trying to think Arizona state, you, you start thinking about the, you know, the kind of the powerhouses. Right. Um, it was interesting. The Rockies were playing, I forget what team it was recently, and they had two guys. What team is it? They're two pitchers from Fordham. You had to hear me talking about this, Patrick, because Fordham, you know, has only had a few guys that have ever played big league baseball. Uh, my dad went to law school there, and so I'm very familiar with with Fordham University. And anyhow, there's there's two pitchers, and they both play for the same team. That's those we'll have to. Check Nick, that Mar one. Nick, Nick Martinez. Nick Martinez. Who's who's he with? One with the Padres. Okay, so it's the Padres. The Padres have two guys from Fordham. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, go, that was unique. Figure. And they had two two guys from Denver and uh, uh, Stephen Wilson, and well, they did have Tyler Rogers there too. And so, they have, and they on the injured list, they have Pierce Johnson. They had three guys. That's right. The three That's guys. Right. Yeah, Pierce has been banged up. Yeah. Um. God, you you got me thinking now. Usually it's the off season. I hit you with these crazy uh, yeah. <laughs> trivia questions here, but that's a good one to to possibly look up. And again, because if you're doing homegrown, I feel like that'll be like easier to do. But you're right; like a guy just comes in for a, for a minute, you know, then then uh, that'll throw a wrench in the works. But yeah, yeah I mean, like great. real quick, not to go down this rabbit hole too far. Like, t- think of the current Rockies um, that went to college. Charlie Blackman, I can't think of the last Georgia Tech guy other than Charlie, at least off the top of my head. And sometimes right. you lose when when it comes to those relief pitchers. Um, you know, Sam Hilliard, Wichita State. I know Sam just got sent out, but um, CJ Crone, Utah. That's rare. Yeah, you know, and then then you got guys you, you like McMahon had committed to SC, but he he came out of high school. Yeah, that's going to cut down um, you know, your, Brennan, your Brennan Rogers committed to Florida State, but he he went out of high school. Um, you know, the Brian Servan, Arizona State. There's got to be some other Arizona State guys at some point, but none none that I'm aware of currently. So right now it's that whole it's that whole UCLA connection. Yeah. Um See, Daniel, Daniel Bard, North Carolina. Okay. But no one else currently from North no. Carolina, right? No. I mean, Matt was Matt Holiday set to go to uh, Oklahoma State. Oh, absolutely. So, all right, he could have maybe played with Jeff Salazar there for a minute. Although yeah. Salazar was a little bit before that time. Yeah. I mean, I think of my partners. Wyoming doesn't play baseball anymore, and obviously, Huey didn't play for the Rockies. Uh, Spilly, UCSB. I can't remember the, anybody else from UCSB, and uh, you know. Corey went to Wake Forest. I can't think of anybody from Wake Forest. So, so yeah, it, it could be first, at least for the homegrown guys. Yeah, that that's uh, very much a, a possibility on that front. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting to think about. A couple other interesting notes about Tuesday's three-two victory over Atlanta is the fact that Rockies did snap a little losing streak there to Atlanta. Of course. Earlier in the season, that's that's how they got hot, and they won four straight at Coors Field, first time that they had ever done that. But before that, since 2015, the Rockies actually owned Atlanta between 2015 to 2021, 28 and 12, a 700 winning percentage. Absolutely fantastic. We did see on Tuesday night a rare error from starting pitcher Max Fried, who is a two-time Gold Glove award winner so he's pretty good at that things things going the rockies way they've got two more in atlanta they are plus 255 on DraftKings sportsbook to win beltner versus kyle wright on wednesday slightly longer odds plus 340 chad cool against spencer strider someone actually here in the chat mentioned that the rockies were plus four something and when they won on sunday i think they were like plus 410 Something something crazy like that. It was one of the highest odds ever in uh, several years. It was like a college football game. I think that had the next highest odds. So that was uh, that was definitely strange. And 
it's going to happen when you are up against a team like the New York Mets or the reigning champs here in Atlanta. Now, uh, Dodgers did win on Tuesday. They they beat the Mets. They reached the 90-win mark before September, right? Still August 21st. They do it in 128 games. In franchise history, only the 2017 Dodgers did it in less. They did it in 126 games. So we we still, or they still have like 20% left of the season to go. That's what's very strange about the late start because we think of September as, hey, home stretch, it's the final month, but it's still more than a month. Still more than a month. The season does not end until Wednesday, October 5th. So it's over a month left. And yeah, Rockies have played 130 games. And you go, all right, that's really close. Really close to 162, but there's still 32 left. There's still a lot to go. So we'll kind of wait and see if there's going to be more guys that get called up. Like Michael Tolio, Riley Pint is one of those players that really have uh, been whispered about a lot behind a couple closed doors, we think. Uh, Carl Kaufman obviously could be in line when Buddy talked about, you know, some fresh faces. Look, Ryan Valade, he, uh, he he got a little taste late in 2021. Could he be back now? Possibly. You know, Alan Trejo is is still down there. So there's some there's some names that you are familiar with that are that are on the 40 man that we haven't seen much of. They certainly could come up, but as far as faces and names we don't know quite as much about, at least in person at Coors Field, Riley Pint, Carl Kaufman definitely have to lead that list. Maybe even a a Noah Davis, perhaps, but Rockies are eliminated from the NL West. Contention, you might have heard about that a couple days ago. Magic number still in the high teens for the final wild card spot. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. I, I say that. I, that was a throwaway phrase. It was, it was a transitional phrase. Look, we know what's going to happen. We do. Uh, and, and, and that's that. So we'll, uh, we'll look towards 2023, which, hey, the social media account uh, actually did because uh, spring training schedule is out. So look, if you're planning to go down to Scottsdale, I recommend you do. I definitely recommend you do. It is uh, a great time, especially late February and in March when it's still still can be a little bit cold in Colorado. Maybe you want to make it a last minute trip. You know, if there's bad weather coming, you want to get out before that and enjoy some you know 80 degree temperature days. Definitely tap into that, but uh, it's it's a great time. It's a good drive too. It's a very solid drive. There's two routes you can get in if it's not too snowy. You know, you can go on I-70. Uh, take that route, you know, kind of cut down uh, Grand Junction or, or Moab. You'd go through Moab, go that way, or you can go the New Mexico-Colorado Springs route. So uh, it's 13 hours, you know, if you really want to hammer it out, you could you could get it done in one day. I have done that. It's not that crazy, but uh, those are some things to think about uh, as we as we get incredibly close to the offseason. And uh, you have to really start thinking about Aaron Judge right now. I'm not going to say thinking about him challenging Barry Bonds' record because it's just there's no way you can hit 73 in today's day and age. But maybe 70, he, he's going to have to heat up a decent amount. So if you say there's 20% of the season left, well, mathematically, you know, he could end up with 66, 67, something like that. He gets to the 51 home run mark before September, uh, which matches Giancarlo Stanton, his teammate. Uh, when he was with the Marlins in 2017, Roger Maris had 51 going into September. 
Mark McGuire had uh, 50 or more or 51 or more twice, 55 and 51. Luis Gonzalez actually did it. He had 51. Bonds has the most before September in 57. And Sammy Sosa did it three times, 55, 55, 52. Now, Judge is going to have the most games left to play. That's going to be of definite benefit to him. And, you know, that that is going to allow him to, to make it close. But I sort of feel like he's not getting maybe enough attention for what he's he's doing. And, you know, and that's okay. That's okay. That happens. You know, Otani, I think, still, I, I don't know how much we're uh, appreciating him right now and what he's able to do. I think people are. But, I mean, it, it should really be appointment viewing. Like, every single night he's on the mound or when he's up at the plate, MLB Network needs to cut in on that. Same thing with Aaron Judge at bats. It's Look, it's the same thing that we had here in Colorado when Nolan Arenado was at third base. You were going to get a show, and it was going to be exciting. And now that he's gone, boy, oh boy, do I miss seeing that guy play third base defensively. I was didn't consider myself a, a big, you know, fan or or a guy that put a big surplus on on defense. But after getting to watch Arenado play for so long, it really gave me a new appreciation for that aspect of the game, and and particularly for his style of play and, and the balls that he was able to get to and, and make it look so easy. That's the, where the whole Arenado meter went, right? That's where that comes from. So uh, it, it's MLB Network could do a, a better job at, I think, highlighting some of the best players in the game. I was having a conversation with someone recently about the Savannah Bananas and what they're doing and how wacky it is and uh, they didn't quite understand, you know, why a guy on stilts is is of any value. But look, they're doing something different. They're trying to, they're not literally trying to sell the game of baseball, but they're they're trying to turn some uh, baseball fans around, right? If if you're down the sport or if you're not even into the sport at all, you go to a Savannah Banana game, you you're gonna have a great time. Uh, they've actually dropped out of the Coastal Plains League, so. They were actually a summer collegiate team. So we've got a couple of them in Colorado. And, you know, the, the guy who runs the show there, I, I should know his name, Jesse. His name is Jesse Cole. There you go. It just came to me. Jesse Cole, man, he uh, he's just a promoter. And he said, let's make every game the best possible game that anyone has ever gone to. And they sell out with college players, that some that will never, you know, play professionally. They'll never even play in the minor leagues. Most of them don't even play in the majors. I, I don't know of any notable Savannah Bananas who made it to the majors, but bottom line, he's selling the game. And so uh, MLB is is doing what they can to try to sell the game. They're doing new things. We've got the World Baseball Classic coming up next year, next spring, in fact, during spring training. There'll be some qualifiers going on uh, up through that point. You know, I know uh, over in, in I believe it was Germany. They had some qualifiers a week or two ago, so uh, some of that's happening for those those final seedings, those final spots in the World Baseball Classic. MLB is trying to uh, expand the game. They're going to have a Korea series where they're going to send some MLB players over to South Korea in November. I don't really have any more information than that. I want to say it might even be the first time that they've gone over to Korea in 100 years. It's like the 100th anniversary of, of Babe Ruth going over there in 1922. So uh, they've done the Japan series you know, a little bit. 
Uh, they used to do it more frequently. Now, not as much. So that'll be something that we uh, will keep you posted on and uh, definitely want to get Drew Goodman's uh, opinion on that. I'm going to be talking with him here in just a second, getting uh, his thoughts on on some other business that the Rockies uh, are dealing with right now. But the last piece of news did come out on Tuesday. Padres Giants next season, April 29th and 30, a quick two-game series in Mexico City at Estadio Alfredo Harp Helu. It will actually be the first regular season game in Mexico City. We know the Rockies have gone down there to play exhibition games in spring training, typically against the Arizona Diamondbacks. This will be the first official regular season game in Mexico City. So you know what? For uh, some of the crap I, I might give MLB and MLB Network from time to time, there is still a lot that they are doing right. So got to give them credit for that. And I got to give Sexy Pizza a lot of credit for satiating my pizza urges. I've got pizza needs and Sexy Pizza always fulfills that for me. They've got four in the Denver area. They've been in the community for 13 years plus now. I think actually it might even be closer to 15 years at this point. Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. You can actually check them out, www.sexy.pizza. Here's why. Not just because you're going to get some great hand-tossed stick oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. No, it's because they love donating to local organizations. They want to support your event or your organization, whatever it may be. So when you go to www.sexy.pizza, you can check out their About page for the donations link to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. And that's also true of their location down in Trinidad, Colorado as well. Take a drive. It's a it's a bit of a ways, but guess what? If you're down in that area, that's one of the only spots you can go to, to guarantee that you're going to get a really good and a real fresh slice of pizza. Look, you can guarantee the best dental care a lot closer to your home, 15 minutes from downtown Denver, with Green Mountain Dental Group. Gosh, they keep... Not just smiles on our faces, but pearly white smiles on our faces. And they're hooking you up right now with a $300 discount for a full orthodontics treatment for new patients that mention DNVR Sports. That's it. Just mention this, and they're going to hook you up with that. If you get a cleaning exam, an x-ray if you're a new patient, guess what? They're going to hook you up with a $350 value, a free set of bleach trays. I've used them. I was a little fearful at first, but they're going to hook you up and make sure – they put a really good product in your mouth that's not going to make your teeth feel sensitive. It's not going to taste funny. It's actually a very simple process that I was I was scared about. I feel a little silly now about it, but don't take my word for it. Take Green Mountain Dental Group's word for it. And take their free set of bleach trays at Green Mountain Dental Group. How great was it for you to observe kind of secondhand, thirdhand even, the, the Rockies players enjoying seeing all the Mets old-timers there over the weekend at City Field? because. I think so many people look at them as like, man, these guys are at the peak. They're at the pinnacle. They're at the top of the food chain, but they don't, they don't exactly see themselves in that, that manner. They weren't always at the top. There was a time where they were in the middle or the bottom of the food chain. And there were guys that were at the top and they got to see those players, the Mike Piazza's, you know, uh, Keith Hernandez, et cetera. And, and that, that inner child definitely seemed to have come out of them this past weekend. I, I was, I was, very pleased to see a lot of guys took it in and i'm going to talk a fair amount about it on my podcast that'll come out tomorrow um kyle freeland is my guest this week and freeland was pitching that night as you well know patrick and you also know that starting pitchers um 
you know, especially intense ones is um, you, you don't visit with them and, and, and it's kind of hands off and they're off in their own world and thoughts and they're not standing in the dugout two hours before they're going to pitch watching stuff go on on the field. Kyle Freeland was, was not only, he didn't just pop up for three or four minutes. He took it all in. And I, I was pleased, as I said, to see a number of guys take in what was transpiring on the field. And the vast majority of the players that were there um, for the Mets celebrating old timers day, they, they didn't see play unless it was on a video or maybe they had heard of their names, certainly with the hall of famers, Pedro Martinez and, and Mike Piazza and, you know, they're prominent names there, Al Leiter. But, you know, then you go back with like the Felix Mions and the Art Shamskis and the Ed Crane pools from 1969. And I can't imagine that that any of those names resonated with today's players. And it's not a knock on today's players, but I applaud, you know, the Rockies and I'm sure on the far side, the, the current Mets. We're taking it in because they're appreciative of the guys that came before them and they're appreciative of guys that could perform long enough to have not only individual accomplishments, but collective accomplishments. And in the case of, you know, having an old timers day in New York with the Mets covering 60 years, it covers the miracle Mets naturally of 69, uh, you know, that will go down, forgive my bias is one of the, you know, storied World Series champions of all time because of um, how bad they were and that they were, you know, uh, in 62, they were, you know, a first-year franchise, an expansion franchise. And then, of course, the 86 Mets, which, you know, were an infamous bunch as well because they won 108 games during the regular season. They truly were a great, great team, nearly were done and then there was the error and then as we learned in the aftermath and jeff perlman's wonderful book chronicling uh, you know the bad guys won they're one of the most famous world series championship teams uh and i think many of those names guys were familiar with that were currently you know standing and watching as they prepared for their game so it was um it was special man it really was I hadn't thought about the the Kyle Freeland business there. Yeah, that was that was his start, and yet he was going out there and, and absorbing all that and Mason's versus the Miracles and and you know the big surprise Willie Mays you know got got his number retired there number twenty four which obviously most people don't think of him as as a New York Met and they really shouldn't and uh, I think a lot of Mets fans might not even necessarily think of him entirely like that but he was there for you know parts of of two seasons for something like one hundred and twenty some games uh, but yet still had uh, an importance and you know there was a there was a promise made uh, to a degree that his number would be retired and so I, I thought I sort of said, okay, well, again, how does this relate to the Rockies? And it made me think, well, you know, maybe Don Baylor's that guy. I think Don Baylor's contributed a lot more towards the Rockies than, than what Willie Mays did uh, for the Mets. But, you know, Mays, obviously the marquee name uh, and, and brought some stature uh, to uh, the Metropolitans there. But uh, if anyone was was going to get a surprise uh, number retirement ceremony, uh, I, would, I would think and hope that for the Rockies, it would be a guy like Don Baylor where – you know, if you don't know the history very well, that might surprise you a bit. You know, Patrick, I love that call. Um, I love the analogy you just made. Like, who could who could have their number retired 
where everybody went, whoa, I never saw that one coming. And then as they let it settle in, say, hey, I'm good with that, man. I think that's apropos. And I, and I um, without thinking in depth about it, because I had not, you know, made the analogy, how would it play out if the Rockies were to do something that, you know, caught everybody by surprise um, in that vein, a number retirement. Um, I, I think that would be, I think that would be a really interesting one because he was, he was the first manager um, and, and it was not a tenure without accomplishment at the time in 95, when the Rockies were wildcard team, that was the fastest an expansion team had ever gotten to the postseason. Um, so, so Baylor had success as a manager of a fledgling franchise and so universally respected came back years later as a as a hitting instructor and you know i guess part of his story is the tragedy that you know we lost donnie you know at, at a young age um by today's standards certainly right um so uh, i love uh, i love that um that thought i re i really do and I would not, you know, sometimes a, a, a guy's number is retired and it is, you know, uh, controversial a little bit or people feel like it's a reach. And and, I, and I'm going to bring up a couple and I say this not to in any way slight their accomplishments or their importance at the time to a franchise. Um, but, you know, there's some people in the ring of fame with the Broncos early on that you look back now and say, okay, was that a little bit of a force because you were trying to create tradition, trying to create um, a, a, a quick history of a franchise. And I, I think the standard has risen. So there may be some, some players not, and I'll just leave those out. You can probably look up there yourself and say, yeah, you know, nice player, but really, you know, three or four years and boom, they're in the ring of fame. But I think the Broncos then were, were trying to create, um, you know, a history. And I, I think if you looked at those guys resume, some of them and, and fast forward to today and say, would that get you in the ring of fame? You, you know, unequivocally say no. Um, I, I look at, um, you know, real quick, you know, with the avalanche, when, uh, when, when Raymond Bork had his number retired, everybody loved Raymond Bork. And it was a, you know, it was a fabulous move by Pierre Lacroix to, to get Bork from Boston, where he's a legend and get him to, to Denver and certainly help get the avalanche over the top for that cup and, and, and get Raymond Bork a cup, right? But he got his jersey retired, his, his sweater, his avalanche sweater retired. And he, you know, he played, what, two years, less than two years and a year and a half or whatever it was in, a, in an avalanche sweater. I don't care. It's great. I remember the story and remember it fondly. And I know what a class act and what an unbelievable player Raymond Bork was, even in the latter part of his, um, his career. But people go, wait a second, and it raised an eyebrow. So... You know me, I can get, get off on a, on a tangent. I, I really like what you did there, Patrick. And if one day, you know, Dick Monfort is, is standing around the pitcher's mound and there, there's a, you know, a, a canvas out there of some kind and, and there's a, you know, it's covered and all of a sudden they unveil 25, boy, I, I'd stand and applaud because um, 
you know, I think Don Baylor did mean a lot to the, to the, you know, the foundation of this franchise. Yeah, no, you, you, you make great points. I mean, Bork and, and, and Mays kind of have that similarity as far as uh, the marquee name, but it wasn't, you know, wasn't around very much mm-hmm. connection between the name and the number, you know, like there's, there's a lot of symbolism and, and symmetry in that as well. Yeah. And, and, and where even that is a little bit unfair to Mays for me, Patrick, and you and I are both, you know, grew up in the New York metropolitan area is that Willie Mays was in, he's from Alabama, but Willie Mays became a New York icon playing for the New York giants. And then the giants, you know, in 58 were on the West coast, all of a sudden Willie, Willie Mays came up in 1951. Willie Mays became great in New York. And then, yeah, he played in San Francisco for a number of years the Mets brought him back. Ray Bork had no connection to Colorado. This is true. This is true. I, hey, I'm I'm very much for those building blocks of the Hall of Fame because I think if if you don't don't do that, uh, then you might not have a Hall of Fame. And so I'd 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 rather err on that side of of like again, it's the the hall you know small hall versus a big hall. Sometimes small halls don't exist because they're too small, so it's not worth the effort give me a big mm-hmm. haul. I don't, I don't care. Let's, let's, let's put everybody in. We just want to see one for the Rockies. I think that would be, that would be tons of fun. And again, as you said, like with, with Dom Baylor, I think once people really start digging into it, you realize, shoot, you know what? We weren't paying attention to Joe Kennedy. This guy had, he could spin it, man. He had a fantastic season. Gabe white. Holy smokes. All right. I, I had season tickets and I barely remember this guy, but look at his numbers. He was really good. Cool. Let's bring him back and share some of those stories. Uh, I think it could be a lot of fun, much like the Drew Goodman podcast this week, because you always have fun. But I, I have a feeling you're having a little extra pep in your step here, going back home to New York uh, and talking with Freeland, too, after uh, that matchup against uh, fellow Colorado and David Peterson. I thought it was it, it was a pretty cool weekend. I thought I was I was a little yeah. jealous there. Yeah. One of the one of the great treats and privileges that we have to do. what We do, Patrick, and you, you travel some um, and. You know, we're, we're out on the road and you never know because we're baseball fans at heart. Yeah, we want to see the Rockies do well. I, you know, I work for the entity that that covers, you know, on television, the Rockies every single day. I, I desperately want the Rockies to succeed. And but in addition, we're baseball fans, man. We're sports fans. So when something great happens, even though that person may wear a different uniform, we can stand back and appreciate it. And when you are in a ballpark and they're celebrating somebody that did something or having an old timer's day, in this case with the Mets, or when you're in Detroit and the great Miguel Cabrera produces his 3000th hit and yeah, it came against the Rockies. So what I'm, I'm thrilled that I can say I was there just like I can say I was there and, and behind the mic, though, it's not going to be my call attached to it, obviously. Uh, when Craig Biggio went five for five and produced his 3,000th hit uh, against the Rockies. When Ichiro had his 3,000th hit. When Barry Bonds hit his, as controversial as he may be, hit his 715th home run against Byung Young Kim over the center field wall at then AT&T Park in San Francisco. So all that matters. Um, it, it, and it, and it's a wonderful thrill and privilege to, you know, travel around and sometimes be, uh, you know, witness to really memorable things. And I was struck by, um, what Howie Rose said, and I'll 
talk about this on my podcast. Howie Rose, a longtime radio voice, is you know Patrick of the of the Mets, and he said, you know, I've done World Series games and NLC, uh, you know, cha- NLCS championship, you know, series games, and you know, seen you know huge moments and and being there and and narrating the old timers game and introducing all those players it was like the biggest thrill of his career and that that kind of spoke to how impactful it was for uh, you know followers of the Mets certainly but uh, I, I think also for those that uh, are baseball fans in general that's amazing and uh, it's fitting that it it's amazing. Uh, this, this conversation about the Mets and everything. So, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, uh, listener number one, that's it. And once you start printing up cards for, uh, all of the folks that subscribe to the Drew Goodman podcast, please make sure that I, I get number one. You um, are every week. And, and Patrick, you're going to, I know, cause you know, um, and one of the, one of the great things about, you know, Kyle's been on before naturally uh, on the podcast. And I, you know, he, he probably comes on once a year because I don't want to overdo it. But I love having conversations with Kyle because, A, he's smart. Um, one, A, he brings that intensity and honesty to every answer of a question he's going to give. It's, it's not a cliche. Um, he has a burning desire to win as a club. He cares greatly, as we all know about the city of Denver and the state of Colorado and the region that that he calls home. Um, so he he's, uh, you know, he's candid on a lot of topics this week. And you know, if if you're a fan of of Kyle, you're a fan of the Rockies or a, a fan of baseball, um, you know, you want you'll definitely want to enjoy this one um, in particular. Yeah, well, there's gonna you're they're gonna get a big uptick there with the hometown guy. Uh, Got to make sure you're supporting him, supporting the Drew Goodman podcast, dropping every Thursday. Subscribe to that. Follow him on Twitter at Drew Goodman 42. I'm at Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. Of course, make sure you're following Susie Hunter at the Susie Hunter and our main account at DNVR underscore Rockies. Good. Appreciate you coming on today. But look, you know what they say about momentum. It's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you then.